realize that you can watch all of the shit that's out there. Don't let either company trick you into thinking it's a us versus them thing. Just enjoy the wrestling. Whether it's WWE or AEW or NXT, you guys don't have to choose. You can watch it all. That's rad. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hello, gentlemen and ladies, and welcome to another exhausting edition of wrestling historian we're going to go back in time where uh it was actually called professional wrestling not sports entertainment where if you ran afoul of the law or if you got yourself in a little predicament uh unless you lived in a spot where it happened and you saw it in your local paper you didn't know about it for quite a while pre-internet back when wrestling was wrestling back when stories were urban legend or couldn't be corroborated uh, and back when titles were called belts, and back when they were wrestling in all 50 states, without any social distancing or masks to speak of, this, gentlemen and ladies, is professional wrestling historian. Uh, I'll go. Um, we're going to talk this week in professional wrestling. We're going to talk about a couple things that took place outside of the ring that affected uh wrestlers in completely different ways. Uh, we're going to start in June 4th, 1986 in Argyle, Texas. Uh, I believe it was the day before a house show in Texas. But Kerry Von Erich, wearing only his shorts and a crop of long blonde hair for protection, uh, I mentioned only his shorts, no shoes, no helmet, uh, no protective gear of any kind. But Kerry Von Erich ran his crashed his motorcycle into the back of a parked police car and suffered a dislocated hip and a severely damaged right foot that he had to undergo 13 hours of surgery to repair his right foot. After the surgery was successful in saving his right foot, I forget the story Kevin told, but Carrie, while in the hospital bed, got out of bed uh, for something. I don't know what it was to, to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, completely unnecessary, but in doing so, put his right foot down first to get out of bed, and in doing so, broke, ruptured, totally destroyed whatever was left in his foot when he put all of his weight on it. So because of that, of Kerry stepping out of bed, I've, I've talked, we talked about this on the historian's past, about what a great guy Kerry Von Erich was, but for whatever reason, always impaired, never thinking clearly, and had to go over, I talked about having to go over the finishes over and over and over again with his matches with Flair. Well, after having his 13 hours of surgery on his foot, 
Carrie got out of bed to go to the bathroom, started with his right foot first and completely destroyed whatever work was done to the point where they had no choice but to amputate his right foot. So Carrie Von Erich would have his right foot amputated and would continue his wrestling career uh, to the point where he would win the Intercontinental Championship right here, Philadelphia, the beautiful air-conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum in SummerSlam 1990, four years after losing, after the, the motorcycle accident that would cause the damage in his foot, having that foot amputated, four years later, he would win the Intercontinental Championship with only one foot. Nobody knew that he only had one foot until whoever was there at that NWA show in Cherry Hill yeah. saw Colonel DeBriers pop that sucker off and go, Oops. Put that right back on again. Again, pre-internet, I read that in the magazine. I didn't think it was, and I heard, I think, wow. Because it, but it wasn't in an after magazine. It was one of the, the fringe independent wrestling magazine. It might have been a Wrestling Eye or Wrestling Observer uh, for the eyewitnesses that were there that saw the, the foot came off of, because Carrie's wrestling in sneakers yeah. and it just came in, 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 in a track suit. Wasn't even wrestling tights. And it came off, and but yeah, June fourth, nineteen eighty six, was the fateful motorcycle accident that Kerry Von Erich had again, and wearing shorts only, no shoes, no helmet, no padding of any kind, but ran into the back of a parked police car, flipped over it, and lost his foot. Well, look at it this way: at least he knew how to fall. Yeah, knew how to take a bump. Uh, one of the funny things that came out about that, uh, Ric Flair sent Carrie a beautiful bouquet of, of flowers uh, and, his, and told him to get well soon. And in the note, he wrote, next time, take a cab. Classic Ric Flair. Holy shit. <laughs> Speaking of Ric Flair, you know what? I wasn't going to bring this up until the end. Uh, uh, we got our first what if. Oh, hit me. What if? <laughs> speaking, of hit, speaking of taking a cab, Darren says, what if Ric Flair dies in that plane crash in 75? Uh, Ric Flair dies in that plane crash in 75. There would have been a uh, a dearth of uh, heels there. Flair had just started uh, his, main, his semi-main event run as a heel with, uh, with Rip Hawk as the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions. Um if if there's no flair, there's probably there probably is a Ricky Steamboat, but probably no one to uh, to to wrestle. No one that good to wrestle. Him, no yeah. one that good to to wrestle. Uh, all the they give all the careers that would have not been if not the Ric Flair connection. Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, um, Ken Patera, John Studd, uh, even the the comeback of Buddy Rogers that started in '82 with uh, Ric Flair and his his feud. And uh, so many other, the Andersons, um, they're no four horsemen. Um, the the mind wobbles if there was no Ric Flair. Obviously there would have gone, there would have been some, uh, another young heel would have come up, might've been Valentine. But again, Flair and, it was Flair and Valentine that made Valentine. I think the NWA fizzles out way before it did. I don't think the Mid-Atlantic becomes a hotbed of territory. It would have, it, it became. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think it even gets there. No, without Ric Flair. Because it was, mid because of the strength of Ric Flair, we made Mid-Atlantic 
become the headquarters of the NWA because of the feud with Ric Flair, the Anderson brothers, the Anderson's brothers version of the NWA tag team championship became the NWA world tag team champions uh, because of, uh, of Ric Flair. Um, but yeah, between Flair, Valentine, Steamboat, Piper, uh, the Mid-Atlantic became the most um, profitable territory uh, outside of world class in 84 uh, that the NWA had. So yeah, if Flair dies in that plane crash, um, there probably would not have been the Mid-Atlantic that we know about it. Great question, though. Uh, do we have another what if, or was that was that it? Uh, I'm sure he'll he'll throw one later. Okay. Go go okay. for it. Uh, but staying on the top, well, the rest uh, I will save for the end. Uh, excellent. Okay, but staying uh, on the um, this week in wrestling history, Dan, it's a bad week for <laughs> wrestlers outside of an incident outside of wrestling. You know, we talked about you know Grizzly Smith uh, in our previous um, HIAC uh, episode about stuff happening outside of the ring. Uh, June 4th, you know, Kerry Von Erich at the motorcycle accident. But June 6th, 1985, was the, uh, could only be considered the McDonald's incident. And uh, of all places, Waukesha, Wisconsin, Ken Batera and Mr. Saito were wrestling uh, in the AWA, AWA mainstays, uh, wanted to get a, uh, after the matches, wanted to get uh, food at McDonald's. Uh, the lights were on, but they insisted they, they were closed. And uh, Ken Batera not liking that, even though they were lights were clearly on, they would not be served. So he went out to one of the big uh, rocks that uh, adorned the uh, entranceway of the uh, McDonald's and hurled it through the front window, breaking the glass. And uh, but then he and Mr. Saida went on about their merry way, went back to their hotel room and ordered something to eat. Uh, but then there was a knock on the door and it was the police. Uh, you are also Ken Patera and Mr. Saido, you're wrestlers and you're in Waukesha, Wisconsin. So people already know who you are um, and wanted to talk to Mr. Patera about the boulder throwing incident, the rock throwing incident through the McDonald's. Uh, Ken didn't feel like talking, so he tried to shut the door on the police. Uh, police couldn't get in because Ken Patera, while his moniker was the world's strongest man, really wasn't that far off. Uh, two police officers could not open the door with one Ken Patera holding it shut. Um, and so they called more police officers <laughs> and it took five of them to arrest Ken Batera and Mr. Saido. Batera was later convicted of two counts of battery on a police officer and one count of criminal damage of property. Uh, Saido was convicted of three counts of battery on a police officer and one count of ob obstructing the law because it was Saido who answered the door and said, Ken's not here, man. And uh, whoops, <laughs> uh, both did jail time. Uh, Ken Batera's jail time would, of course, become an angle in the WWF, uh, where he would blame the entire thing on Bobby Heenan, who was already who was already in the WWF at the time and had nothing to do with Ken Batera being locked up or throwing a, uh, a rock through a McDonald's window. 
but because Heenan was so hated, um, and because I knew the story, so when it came out that Kemetera, because of Bobby Heenan's advice, or because of Bobby Heenan's, he was uh, thrown in jail, and that was the angle on the WWF, and Heenan came right out and said, and everything Bobby Heenan, and his, his character is a weasel, that he was a liar, he was a, everything Bobby Heenan said during his promo was true, because I had nothing to do with Ken Batera getting locked up. Ken Batera is older than me. Ken Batera did all that on his own. And and when they had a debate on live TV about on the not live TV on on the WWF superstars, Bobby Heenan said the same thing. And all Ken Batera said, "Oh, Weasel, it's because of people like you, I found myself in where I was." And because I'm no longer going to be associated with people like you, I'm going to walk a straight and narrow path. Cheers. Bobby said, you're a loser. You've always been a loser. You've done stupid stuff. You did something stupid and you got caught. So, and boo. It's like, (laughs) why are you booing Bobby Heenan? He's actually telling the truth. But, you know, why let facts get in the way of a good story? Uh, And Mr. Saito, though, his jail sentence was never brought up. Um, he stayed, he remained in the EWA uh, because at this time, Vern was losing money hand over fist uh, to the point yeah. where Mr. <laughs> Saito would later on become the AWA heavyweight champion, becoming a, only the second Japanese wrestler ever to hold the AWA title after Jumbo Saruta. Uh, and Saito would lose that belt to Larry Zabisco. But uh, Vern not wanting to let the ship go down, entering into a in a, in a uh, partnership with uh, Giant Baba for a talent exchange and for a money influx. Uh, one of the conditions was that Mr. Saida would be the AWA champion, and that he was. So while Ken Batera's career never really did much after um, the uh, jail sentence, that was not due to Bobby Heenan. Mr. Saida would later go on to be the AWA champion. But both men were always will always be associated with the McDonald's incident that happened June 6, 1985. You know what makes me mad about that? He didn't even go in and take any of the food. No. Just threw a rock and left. I'm like, man, he touched yeah. it up. <laughs> Come on. It's, oh, it's open now. Yeah, it's yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're there. <laughs> Hit that fryer button and let's go. Uh, June 7th, uh, it was a, it's a hell of a day for uh, wrestling personalities. On this day, uh, June 7th, uh, happy belated 56th birthday to the aforementioned Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, uh, born in Bloomington, Indiana. But uh, Cactus Jack uh, turning 56, happy belated bang bang to you, sir. Uh, this would have been June 7th, also would have been the 71st birthday of the now late great Howard Finkel. That's right. I actually forgotten he died. Yeah. Uh, the voice of the WWF, the inventor of and new champion. That's all. Uh, that's all. That was a Finkel original. I just saw it real quick on Mick Foley. There's a, there's a, you know, the uh, albums used to come out, WWF, the music volume, whatever. Yeah. And volume two has got my favorite version of a theme where, because it kind of, 
Volume two kind of did like condensed remixed versions of the actual themes instead of yeah. just putting the goddamn themes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have Ode to Freud, which has voiceovers from one of Mick Foley's um, uh, Mankind's interviews. Okay. And it has the, you know, the violin entrance, but at the end of it, it fades into the piano, which was his victory music. People yeah. don't know that he had different right. victory music at the time yeah. where he'd sit in the silo, you know, he'd pull his yeah. hair at the end and, and rock back piano. and forth. Yeah. yeah. And, but always, I never not laugh at the end, right at the crescendo as it goes back into the verse of the piano and starts to fade out. You just hear his voice go, leave the light on, <laughs> coming home. <laughs> it's just, it cracks me up every time. I'm like, what are you, what's even happening? I would say this gets a great segue, Dan, or what's even happening hey. uh, to talk about, about what happened today in professional wrestling. Exactly 30 years ago today, at the Humanity Center in beautiful, tropical Palmetto, Florida, Uh-oh. <laughs> was, uh, we know this happened because it was also um, featured on a previous Dark Side of the Ring. On this day, Dan, June 9th, 1991. Uh-huh would be their premiere first last and only pay-per-view of uwf beach brawl oh hell (laughs) pound for pound maybe the worst pay-per-view of all time a herb abrams original or that competed with the other herb abrams pay-per-view as the worst of all time uh oh that ledges of that Legends of Wrestling show with uh, Jake trying to make the uh, Blackjack reference is pretty bad, too. Yeah. And that uh, first... Remember World Wrestling All-Stars? Yeah. That that first one's pretty bad. Okay, well, this one's up there. No, this and, one's number and, one. And <laughs> it's, this is number one. This is uh, Herb Abrams' original. Uh, I'm going to run down the card for you in case oh, you don't good. remember. <laughs> Uh, first of all, it was hosted by Craig DeGeorge and Bruno Sammartino. So sparing no expense to get two of the very yeah, best. And they got paid, I guess. Yes. And now I, the only reason Bruno was even being mentioned in the same sentence as Herb Abrams. De- debatable if he got paid. Yeah. 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 Still debatable. Don't know. Uh, but the uh, the Blackhearts, uh, managed by Luna Vachon, took on the team of Firecat and Jim Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Terry Gordy took on Johnny Ace, who was substituting for the Magnificent Morocco. Uh, that went to a double countout. That's a substitute for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Killer Bees. Uh, well, Jim Brunzel and Brian Blair couldn't be called the Killer Bees because Herb didn't own that name. The WWF did. So the team of Masked Confusion took on the Power Twins. Remember them? Only because of this. Yeah. Paul Orndorff defeated Colonel De Beers in a strap match. Foot popper. Yeah. Uh, Bob Backlund, Mr. Backlund, defeated Ivan Koloff with a bridge in only three minutes. 
It's like an indie wrestling circle jerk dream. I saw Bob Backlund and Ivan Koloff do 28 minutes at the Spectrum in 1981. That's when you should have seen it. Yes. Not 1991. No, that was actually that was 79. Okay. Uh, get Stevie Ray and Sunny Beach. Herb's best friend, Sunny Beach, defeated the team of Bob Orton Jr. and the aforementioned Cactus Jack. The fact that he got Cactus to that show. Well, I think what sold him, Dan, was uh, when Herb Abrams confronted Jack before the day before the pay-per-view, I got something really wild, Jack. It's going to blow your mind. Oh, yeah, the shoes? Yes. I would have knocked him out in the ring. The alligator boots. You brought me here for shoes. <laughs> and the main event. Uh, become the first UWF TV champion. First. Now, he's no stranger to the UWF, but Dr. Death, Steve Williams, defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to become the first UWF TV champion. Don't you know it ought to be a great main event, though? Uh, we're expecting a sellout crowd um, and we're fraught with uh, peril but uh, Palmetto, Florida was nowhere near any major thoroughfare or even a major throughway to any of the big cities in uh, in Florida uh, but expecting a sellout uh, drew 567 fans <laughs> and did a buy rate of 0.1. I was so tempted to do the Dean Warmer line 0.0. 0. 0. 0. <laughs> but they did a 0.1 uh, buy rate. Uh, for on this day, what 30 the years ago. What is going on up there? The single worst pay-per-view in the history of all pay-per-views. I wish you would have let me know ahead of time. I would have been able to fit those in nicely. <laughs> no pun intended or maybe or maybe but even so 0. 0.1 uh, any pay-per-view would kill for any of those big companies the, for that you know what account. just because i brought it up yeah and darren if you have your what ifs now's the time yes please uh because i want to go to bed i mean i just want to get off here uh let's look at world wrestling all-stars buy rates All right, let's see here. I thought I was going to fill in the time. Let's, there's got to be a buy rate list here. Now, for the most part, World Wrestling All-Stars wasn't terrible. Do me a favor. Do the outro. Just end it. <laughs> I'll just end it. Yeah, and that, friend. gentlemen and ladies and sleeping kitties, is the wrestling historian. I'm trying to get... <laughs> I'm trying to get buy rate numbers, but... It was like super UWF. Like these were actual names. Like Eddie Guerrero wrestled these. Crowbar, Brian yeah. Christopher, mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler was there. Sid was there after his leg break. You know, he was the. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, the UWF, I still think it's got to be. I think that and that Legends of Wrestling is tied. Those yeah. are pretty god awful. Uh, Darren's What If. Mm-hmm. Darren's bringing on the heavy shit this week. God. Wow. What if Brody doesn't get killed? 
Uh, if Brody doesn't get killed, he continues to wrestle in Puerto Rico. Uh, he continues to his, his run in Japan. Uh, I think eventually, and this is a this is going out on a limb. I just think the way the business was going, I think because he had always been friendly with him, and because Vince still liked to feed uh, Hogan monsters, I think he would might have been a brief run in the WWF as one of Hogan's um, uh, opponents, one of the monsters being fed again because he and Hogan always gotten along well in Japan, and I could just see him doing it and because Brody likes money uh as much as he likes causing mayhem that's why he got that's why he kept going to Japan that's why he kept going to Puerto Rico that's why he didn't go uh to any of the big you know why he never went to WCW but if WWF called him I think he would have gone uh just to feed uh uh just to feed Hogan uh I also think Going right back to Cactus Jack, if Brody had not have gotten killed, Cactus Jack and Mick Foley would have gotten his dream match. We would have seen yeah. probably right here in Philadelphia, Cactus Jack versus Bruiser Brody. Meltzer said that there was probably a Japan, a Japan final feud with uh, Stan Hansen. I think, yeah. yeah, I think he would have kept going to Puerto Rico until that kind of died down and they weren't able to pay him. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't have been able to go, world class would have been done. Yeah. Uh, he would have finished the Japan run. And I do think he would be one of those guys that went to WWF and WCW at one point. Yeah. I he had friends in both places. He would have been yeah. there, you know. Yeah. And I not that ECW could have afforded him, but I think he would have found a compromiser. Paul Lee could have talked him into the coming. Paul Lee could have talked him into it, and then one check would have bounced and Paulie would have been murdered. Either. Yeah. But I'm saying if he if Paulie got got Hanson in ECW at least for one match he could have got Brody. Oh yeah, Terry Gordy. Yeah, Jake. Terry Funk. Yeah, Dusty. Terry Funk. Dusty yeah. had matches. Yes, Dusty. Anything. That's one of those runs. Where I look at Dusty's run at ECW. It just looked like he's having fun because he knew his it's ninety eight. His career. He's never gonna wrestle wrestle again. Mm-hmm. But he he did a couple of matches. He did the cycle with Doring. Was it Doring or no no it was yeah. um. Carino. Carino, sorry. It was uh, the better wrestler, uh, Steve yeah. Carino. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Danny Doring, but I was like, no, no, Carino kind of up here. Yeah. Uh, had those uh, couple segments, dropped a couple elbows, had that match at the pay-per-view, the Texas Bull Rope match, mm-hmm. dropped another elbow and then fucked off. <laughs> yeah. I, with, but great question, yeah, but I, with, with Brody's what if that could have been, because his, his options were always so limited, doing what Brody would have done and Brody's always going to do what he wanted to do anyway so I think it was um... Brody would be talked about as one of those guys that was never WWF or WCW champion because they would have never had the balls to put the belt on him no but if he would lasted into the Monday Night Wars maybe yeah Bischoff would have because Bischoff yeah well Bischoff if he lasted to attitude Monday Night Wars yeah I, both of those I, guys might have had the balls to do it, but yeah. not the not the normal stuff. No, no I I could see Brody walking out of either one of those. I I I can yeah, look I can what more, they did to Mike Awesome. Yeah, I can more easily see him going to the WWF for a short run with Hogan, uh, with maybe as Heenan as his manager, or somebody like that, uh, talking for him, and then him him just walking away. But and all but you also have to remember Brody at the time was. 
left us way too soon, but was already in his 40s, so he wasn't, there wasn't a whole yeah, lot. I always for, yeah, I always forget he was in his 40s. I want to go back to the previous one. Uh, what if, if Rick had died in that plane crash? Was it just Rick or did it, because David Crockett was on that plane too. Yeah, does Crockett go? Yeah, because if it was just Rick, then probably, but if, if Crockett's still there, then. Darren. Yeah, you you would have had a you would have had a still mid Atlantic, but not the now if if Crockett was gone too. Fast forward everything about like like the WWF acquisition of everybody happens sooner. Mm-hmm. Their rise to prominence happens sooner. There's no Ric Flair. There's no NWA. There's no mid Atlantic. Yeah, or there's less of that easily gets gobbled up because they don't have the guy. Who the hell else would have taken Rick's spot? You would have. You still would have Dusty. Yeah, eventually, but Dusty was in Florida, so you 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 could have had a, well, Dusty have made that move to Mid Atlantic. Yes, had, Crockett had, dies. If Crockett dies, what happens? Oh well, oh the, then you just say goodbye to Mid Atlantic altogether because not not only was David Crockett your your lead announcer, but as a brother of Jim, they were the ones that meant that created that style of wrestling or they or got those guys together. Those those were all homegrown talents that they they brought up that made them stars the crockets made rick flair ricky steamboat greg valentine ronnie piper jake roberts that's where he got his his big break was in the mid-atlantic area um but they made stars and even and they brought in stars that were already established stars and made them even bigger ivan koloff ernie ladd ken patera john stud um the Mid-Atlantic was a breeding ground for Ray Stevens, another one who had great, whose best years were, he'd already, but in the NWA, the Mid-Atlantic, he rediscovered his uh, himself and be, still became one of the best workers that the, the company had all in the Mid-Atlantic. Jimmy Snuka got his big break there. Uh, again, Paul Orndorff, they were the NWA Tag Team Champions in the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, th- that's that's a huge. If, if Ric Flair dies in the in in if Ric Flair dies in that plane crash, that changes the entire course of professional wrestling, not just Mid Atlantic. But just to go back on that point, if if it was just Flair, because David Crockett was on that plane too. Darren has a real good one. I told him to wait till next week. Okay. He's got a good, real good one for next week, so he needs to come back into the chat room next week and give it to us. Yeah, please do, Darren. Keep him coming. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Give it to us. Give it these. to us full force every time. Yeah, give it to us. Thank you. Thank um, you. Your outros, please. Take it away. <laughs> and you can follow me uh, and not my sleeping kitty uh, on you Facebook. Leave alone. Yes, you slept through this whole thing, and she's been great even during uh, and without any computer interruption at all. And you can follow me on that self-same no computer interruption on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Why does that computer work now? Hmm. Well, we'll just have to tell you next time. Follow me on Twitter. (laughs) That's, That's not funny, Craig. Right. <laughs> it literally Amber's, literally Amber's looking at me like it dude it froze as soon as you moved I laughed my ass off I was like <laughs> alright well you can follow me at DanLaw83 all social media platforms uh, the HIC talk radio network go to your podcast app on your phone or whatever podcast app you use on your computer type in 
HISC, Talk Radio Network. Look for the big brand spanking new black and red logo. Uh, all our old episodes are still over at the VOC Nation Radio Network. For Craig Legans, I am Dan, above average comedian. See you next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs>